This is the Software Patent Podcast by BlueShift IP. Hi, and welcome to the Software Patent Podcast by BlueShift IP, software patent experts. I'm Robert Plotkin, patent attorney and co-founder of BlueShift IP. In this podcast, I and my partner, Cynthia Gilbert, tell you about the latest developments in software patent law and share with you our success strategies for helping our clients in the U.S. and worldwide to obtain strong, broad, and defensible software patents. We help you learn how to avoid the most common pitfalls in obtaining software patents and how to maximize the value of your software patent portfolios. I'm really glad to uh, lead you through this third out of four special episodes on how to determine whether your software is patentable. If you've been listening to this series, you're starting to build up a checklist of criteria that you can use when you're evaluating whether your own software or perhaps your client's software is patentable. And in this episode, we're going to cover the next criterion, which is whether your software solves a problem that is necessarily rooted in computer technology or which solves that problem using a solution that's necessarily rooted in computer technology. Now, why did I use that particular language? It might sound a little bit convoluted or unusual. Well, I use that language because it comes from a specific court decision of the primary patent court in the U.S. below the Supreme Court, namely the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. We sometimes call it the CAFC or just the Federal Circuit. This was a decision issued in 2014 called DDR Holdings versus Hotels.com. I'll call it DDR or DDR Holdings after this. Uh, This was a case in which there was some software that was patented And then the patent owner sued a defendant for patent infringement, and the defendant in the lawsuit claimed that the patent was invalid because, according to the defendant, the patent covered what's considered an abstract idea under U.S. patent law. And if the court agreed that the patent was directed to an abstract idea, then the court would have invalidated the patent. But the Federal Circuit rejected that argument and actually held that the patent was valid and enforceable because the software invention involved serving web pages over the internet. And this is the critical part. The court held that the invention was necessarily rooted in computer technology and that it overcame a problem specifically arising in the realm of computer networks. And as a result of that fact, the software was not just an abstract idea. So when I file a software patent application, if that application is later rejected by the patent office on the basis of being allegedly directed to an abstract idea, I often find the reasoning and holding in the DDR holdings case to be very helpful in responding to and overcoming such rejections. Now, you can only rely on the DDR Holdings case if the invention that you're trying to patent solves a problem that's necessarily rooted in computer technology, 
or if it solves a problem in a way that is necessarily rooted in computer technology. But this is the case more often than you might think. And if this is sounding a bit too dense for you, you know, this is an example of why it's critical to have a patent attorney who's well-versed in the law and in cases like DDR Holdings to, to represent you in obtaining a software patent, particularly if you face a rejection from the patent office based on an abstract idea. You know, this is not a situation where I'd recommend that you try this at home, but I hope that you find this information useful. So here's an example of something that would probably not be considered to be necessarily rooted in computer technology, even if it uses computer technology. In the last episode, I mentioned software that would help employers find employees to fill job postings. So let's say you've developed some software that does this, that solves a problem of how to match employers and employees you're going to have a hard time arguing to the patent office that the problem solved by that software is necessarily rooted in computer technology. Why is that? It's because the problem of finding people to fill jobs has been around for a very long time, long before there were computers, and that problem of finding people to fill jobs is not necessarily rooted in computer technology because it can be solved without computers, and long before computers, it was solved without using any computer technology at all, right? You can post a piece of paper on a bulletin board, or you can talk to people in person to find someone to fill a job. So the problem itself of finding employees to fill jobs is not necessarily rooted in computer technology, even if you happen to develop a piece of software that solves that problem in a particular way. So one way to determine whether some new piece of software solves a problem that is necessarily rooted in computer technology is to determine whether it solves what we sometimes call a technical problem. Uh, that term's going to be more familiar to patent attorneys in Europe and some other countries that, that use that standard more directly. So an example of what would be considered a solution to a technical problem is software, for example, that solves the problem of how to transmit data over the internet using a particular networking protocol. So that's a problem that's necessarily rooted in computer technology, even though, say, the broader problem of transmitting messages is something you could say is not necessarily rooted in computers because people send paper letters by postal mail. So just as these examples might might lead you to guess, there's, there's a lot of room for judgment and discretion and creativity in how you even define the problem. And that's another reason I strongly recommend that you work with a patent attorney who specializes in software patents when trying to evaluate these criteria. Now, you might, you might look at a piece of software that you developed or your client has developed that sends messages over a network and say that the problem is how to send messages over a network more efficiently and then conclude that that problem is not necessarily rooted in computer technology. But, you know, if you define the problem solved by that same software more narrowly as the problem of how to send messages over the internet using some particular networking protocol, 
then you might conclude that the very same software is solving a problem that's necessarily rooted in computer technology just by defining the problem differently. And this can become really important when writing responses to the patent office and arguing with the patent office uh, in a, in a um, telephone conversation or in-person meeting or in an appeal. So one other way to demonstrate that your software is not an abstract idea and therefore is eligible for patent protection is to show that the way in which your software solves the problem, the way, the specific way in which it solves the problem is necessarily rooted in computer technology, even if the problem in general is not necessarily rooted in computer technology. Let's go back to the job matching software. You might have a very complex algorithm that matches prospective employees with employers, an algorithm that could only be performed by software. Well, then that software solves the problem in a way that is necessarily rooted in computer technology, even if the problem in general of job matchmaking is not necessarily rooted in computer technology. And that might lead you to have software that can be patented. So determining whether your software solves a problem in a way that's necessarily rooted in computer technology requires a really solid technical understanding of the software and a very nuanced understanding of the patent law. I hope you found this latest criterion for determining whether your software is patentable to be useful. You're almost done putting together your checklist that you can use to, to go through a first pass determination of whether your software might be patentable. So I encourage you to join us the next time on the Software Patent Podcast by Blue Shift IP for the fourth and final installment of our special series of how to determine whether your software is patentable. See you then. The Software Patent Podcast by Blue Shift IP is hosted by me, Robert Plotkin, and Cynthia Gilbert, who are software patent attorneys and the founding partners of Blue Shift IP, the software patent experts. The Software Patent Podcast is produced by Jenny Media. For all software patent inquiries, please visit blueshiftip.com.